the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to feature a conversation I recently recorded with two of our student leaders, Lauren Habig and Dan Tempest. Lauren and Dan are both leaders in our Pride at Darden student organization, and the three of us recently sat down and talked about their backgrounds, what led them to Darden, uh, what Pride at Darden has planned for the upcoming year, as well as Lauren and Dan's advice for prospective students who are seeking to learn more about our school. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Lauren Habig and Dan Tempest. Lauren, Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right. So tell us a little bit more about you. We'll start with you, Lauren. Uh, What's your background? What did you do before business school? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm originally from Connecticut, graduated from University of Connecticut in 2012, and went straight into a leadership development program at GE Capital. Um, Spent about two years there, kind of like rotating through the different groups of the bank. Um, unfortunately, uh, right around the time that I graduated, Jeff Immelt, who's the, who's the CEO at the time, um, announced that they were going to start divesting pieces of the business. And so I was kind of left at like 24 without a job and I was kind of like, okay, what do I, what do I do next? Um, knew that I wanted to go back to get an MBA, but just felt like that two and a half years was just a little bit too light to get the full context. So just looked for any opportunity that was kind of like in the realm of finance and just like really different and found that at um, a small startup in Boston. It was called Social Finance. Um, we basically there tried to find sustainable funding um, through governments, municipalities, anywhere we could for other nonprofits. So I was there for about three years. Really, really loved it. Loved the people. They're some of my best friends today. Um, but kind of as we grew, we became less of like a, you know, scrappy finance, um, you know, let's solve your problem and more of a, a, a consulting shop. And so I felt like I was missing kind of the execution piece that I had originally come there for. And so felt like going back to school at that time was, it was like a really good, um, you know, transition period. And so went to back, back to school. All right. And Dan, how about you? What's your background? Yeah. So I am originally from upstate New York. Um, went to college in central New York, and then after I graduated, um, got a job with IBM up in Burlington, Vermont. So there I was in the semiconductor manufacturing part of the business, um, doing supply chain. Um, did that, so for the first two years was at IBM, and then we were acquired by a company called Global Foundries. Um, so really just kind of did that job for the whole five years uh, before business school. Um Again, really good experience, um, learned a lot, learned a lot about business, but at the same time, knew in the back of my mind from when I started business school was something in the future I might want to do. Um, and it came to a point where, you know, especially at a company like IBM Global Foundries, it's very engineer driven and I did not have that background. Um, so in order to really advance and go where I wanted in my career, that wasn't going to be the avenue to do it. Um, so that sort of naturally led to, all right, business school, sort of get that broad business education, um, and be able to pivot to anything else that I might want to do. How did you, uh, learn about Darden? So my, uh, I have a lot of family who went to UVA and Darden. So my sister went to UVA undergrad. Um, I have a couple cousins, UVA, Darden. Uh, so I knew about Charlottesville. I knew about the school, um, and I actually almost went to UVA undergrad. So uh, it, it was always somewhere that I could see myself living. Um, 
And so I ended up going somewhere else for undergrad, but uh, was super excited that I got in uh, to Darden this time around. Um, it was a pretty easy decision for me. How about you, Lauren? Yeah, so um, one of my mentors at the, the startup in Boston, uh, her brother went to school, and I was constantly complaining about how cold it was up in Boston. She was <laughs> like, well, why don't you try a school down south? And I was like, okay, well, I never thought about that. Um, and so started kind of looking at other schools in this region. Uh, and for me, it was really the interview process. It was just kind of um, I came and because I drove down, I was here for a couple days uh, just because you can't do that drive <laughs> back to back. Um, and so when I walked into the interview process, the woman at the front desk, I told her that I was going to be sticking around a couple days. While I was in my interview, she gave me a full list of all these things that I could do that were dog friendly, breweries that were, weren't. Um, and so it was just an incredibly different feel that I got when I was doing my interview here than at other places that I looked. Um, much less, it wasn't transactional at all, whereas at some other places, that's really kind of the feel. Um, so it, just like Dan, it, it was an incredibly easy decision. Um, it's just funny because now I'm complaining about how hot it is. So I guess I, yeah. I'm just never going to find a Goldilocks temp, I think. That's an interesting admissions recruitment strategy. Maybe we should go go to really cold places and yes. say, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See that jacket you're wearing? You actually won't need it. That's right. That's right. Discover Charlottesville. Yeah. <laughs> place that it's maybe a little warm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um the interview process, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I had uh, Donna Clark and Cheryl Jones on, on the podcast recently talking about interviews, and they are our favorite part of uh, the application process just because, you know, it's really a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to sit and hear someone's story, which is really a luxury, you know, to sit with somebody for 35 minutes. What a great way to learn about who someone is and who they'll be in, in the program. And, and you're not asking these really transactional questions, right? We get to ask you about your background and why you want to come to business school and what's exciting to you about Darden and what are your goals and dreams and hobbies, interests, all these kinds of things. I think we always enjoy that. So um, you're now in your second year here. Um, there's so much that that first uh, that, that happens in the first year, though. I'd like to talk a little bit about that. Um, what was that adjustment like uh, coming you know, from working back to school? Lauren, you talked about you know, sort of being out for a little while. And Darden's first year is known as known for being pretty challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that adjustment like? Yeah, I mean, my big thing was, you know, there's so many things that are happening at Darden at one time. It was being incredibly strategic about actually what to say no to um, and becoming much more comfortable with you know, being okay with the things that I did decide to do. Because I think, you know, when you come on grounds, there's just stuff happening every single day, literally, you know, 9 a.m., 9 p.m., honestly, probably beyond that. Um, And so for me, it was coming up with some like very clear time management strategies and then kind of behind that feeling okay with my choices and um, kind of coming to terms with like, okay, I'm not going to be able to do it all. And I, I want to be really thoughtful about what I am doing. So those were kind of the two things that I kept at the forefront. Yeah. How about you, Dan? Yeah. I mean, I a hundred percent agree. Like there's far too much going on <laughs> to like be able to do it all. Um, and so for me, you know, there's that balance. So I came here with my fiance, Chase. Um, so there was the balance of doing things, you know, for, uh, 
you know, company briefings. So for my career, doing things for school. So obviously case prep and meeting with my learning team and then, you know, coming here and trying to make new friends while also balancing, okay, my partner is here um, and he doesn't necessarily, you know, get involved in obviously like the, the school aspect and the career aspect. Um, but finding that balance of, okay, I'm going to do these things um, for me and then also sort of separate from school and Darden and be able to have our time. Um, you know, it, it's an adjustment moving here, you know, especially for him, um, you know, having to get a new job down here and, you know, having to make his own friends outside of Darden. And then also, you know, a lot of my friends here are some of his best friends too. So, yeah, I was going to ask, we've had uh, the Darden Partners Association mm-hmm. on, on the podcast, um, they talked a lot about that sort of feeling of inclusion, or at least there's a structure for people to sort of tap into mm-hmm. the Darden community. Has that been your partner's experience? Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many different things going on, all of which, um, you know, are very opening and welcoming to Chase um, and really to all partners. Um, so, you know, any of our social events up here, even, you know, he's part of a bunch of different clubs. Um, so he can go to pretty much anything he wants and be a part of the community. Um, and he, so he's always up in the, the Darden courtyard with our dog. Um, like every afternoon he'll come up and meet me and our dog will run around and everyone will kind of come around and and pet him and hang out for a bit. Um, That's nice. Uh, the, uh, that's right, the courtyard now with more patio, which is really yeah. Um, yeah. particularly this time of year uh, <laughs> yeah. for our listeners at home. Uh, I guess the season doesn't come through on the on the podcast, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's a uh, kind of fall ish here. We're it's getting a, there, getting yeah. There. yeah. Bit surely. Like tomorrow, yeah. It's hopefully, <laughs> that's right. So, um, Lauren, a lot of what you sh- said has resonate resonates with what other um, guests on the podcast said about running your own race, mm-hmm. you know, and which is really hard to do, um, and I think. You know, the Career Development Center launched this uh, course, uh, CDY, over the summer to try to help students sort of focus in on what what they want to do um, because, you know, you want to be open to different things, but you can get pulled in a zillion different directions and you can kind of get caught maybe following the herd and going from here and there. So having a little bit more focus, a little bit more intentionality um, and just not, not, you know, feeling that pressure can be really helpful, particularly in that, in that first year. For sure. Um, so second year is a time when students oftentimes will take on leadership roles in student organizations. Uh, we asked you to come on the podcast because you're both involved uh, with Pride at Darden. Mm-hmm. So um, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, what attracted you to uh, being a leader uh, in, the, in that organization. Um, so Lauren? Yeah, sure. So I think uh, the big thing for me was knowing that we could make a really strong impact. Um, And just for context, I think that so last year, and we had talked about this a little bit, um, you know, there were not as many people that identified as LGBT in the year above us. And so uh, just kind of going through the first year, you know, talking to my other first year cohorts, um, we felt like there was just a lot of opportunity to be able to thread the needle between the first years and the second years because everybody, um, you know, for the most part is feeling the same things, adjusting to the same things. And so, uh, you know, for us to be a resource, we felt like there was a lot of opportunity there. Plus, you know, we just really want to get to know our community. Um, and so when I was thinking about, you know, the, the next year and what I wanted to do, 
one of my big focuses was, is there a leadership role where I can do that, especially in a space and in a community that obviously I really care about for very personal reasons. Um, and so when the opportunity kind of came up, it was, it was really a no brainer. It was a way to do all of those things with people that quite frankly are some of my, uh, best friends here. Um, you know, it, no brainer. Was it also a no brainer for you, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and at Darden, there's such a culture of giving back and, you know, everything being student-led. So, you know, when I was looking at, okay, there's all these different clubs I'm a part of, you know, what would I actually, um, you know, enjoy the most being a part of a leadership team for um, and what means the most to me? And for, again, obvious reasons, <laughs> um, Pride at Darden was, uh, you know, one of those clubs for me. Um, so, you know, I knew I wanted to get involved, um, and create an environment where, um, you know, we are connecting second years and first years and even some of the faculty, um, and having various events and, you know, making people feel comfortable, um, getting allies involved and, you know, doing so much more than, um, you know, just kind of being the face of a club, um, so, yeah, it does seem to be a real culture, um, generally speaking, here. But through through a lot of the clubs and organizations, of second years helping first years. Uh, uh, the way it was described by by another podcast guest was, you know, first years really work, and second years too. But first years are really sort of helping out a lot with admissions and recruitment, answering questions and things like that. Second years play a role too, but second years are really helping first years with the adjustment and processing everything. And obviously, you have alumni mm-hmm. generally helping everybody. This sort of circle of, of life, so to speak, here. Yeah, and I think of it almost as kind of like a baton race, right? Like everybody's on the same team. Everybody's, you know, you know, running the same race. It's just like what leg you're on. Um, and I think everybody in the community does a really, really great job of that seamless transition between all those roles. Um, and everybody, just like Dan said earlier, more than willing um, – it, they're more than willing to just like pick up those roles and, and run with them. We get a lot of questions about culture and community um, uh, here at Darden because obviously, you know, for a lot of prospective students, and maybe this was the case with both both of you, it sounds like, Dan, at least you were somewhat familiar with Charlottesville mm-hmm. um, from your from undergrad and family connections. But, um, you know, what's it like, smaller town, uh, by comparison to some larger metros where people may be considering, you know, starting their MBA lives and, you know, um, what what is that community like like here? Um, you know, what what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I love Charlottesville. Um, so when I was looking at business schools, I really wanted a sort of smaller community. Um, you know, not huge class sizes, but also not in a city. Um, so I was looking for a little bit more of an intimate experience where I could really get to know everyone, um, fellow students, faculty. Um, and, you know, not be overwhelmed with sort of the hustle and bustle of like a New York, for example. Um, so, I mean, here at Darden, you know, everyone is so close. Like there's only there's 330 people in our class. So you sort of get to know everyone a little bit, um, some a lot. And, you know, specifically with our LGBT com- community, um, you know, it's not as big of a, a group as you might get at some bigger schools. Um, but at the same time, like I know each and every one of us like very personally and have a real connection with them, um, you know, and, and feel comfortable being with them. Um, which you know is something that I was very aware of when I was picking where I wanted to be. 
Yeah, I mean, and I would just echo all of that. Um, you know, I think a lot of times in bigger cities, uh, people that are getting their MBA, it's, it's a very small sliver of kind of their life, right? They'll go to school, but they largely have a life outside of that. And so sometimes it's a, just a little bit harder to make those connections, especially as tightly as it is at Darden and, and kind of to Dan's point. Um, so I also was looking at smaller schools, kind of campus. Um, that's kind of the undergrad I went to, and I really, really love that. Um, and so, you know, it, it's different flavors for everybody. And if that's kind of what you want out of your MBA experience, then that's, that's great. Uh, but I think for me, it was very similar to Dan in that I wanted a close community and felt like I could do that at a smaller school outside of, you know, the hustle and bustle, I guess. Yeah. And it's clear that, you know, all those locations are available to you post-graduation, right? Mm -hmm. So you get two years here where you can really be immersed in the community and obviously have that layering of academic and social life and then go on to New York, San Francisco, Seattle, any of these places. Yeah. And honestly, coming from Boston where, you know, it's, it is no New York, like it is a little bit smaller, but it is very much a city. It is a nice two-year break, if you will, from that kind of lifestyle. Um, you know, there's a ton of things to do outside, and I'm sure you've covered this on, on other episodes. It's worth repeating. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, just like the, the biking, hiking, all the outdoor stuff that you can do, it's literally in your backyard. I think that's a little bit more challenging in some of the other cities. And so, um, you know, two-year break to kind of just do all that stuff, um, I've really appreciated it. So, Lauren, one of the things you started to talk about is, you know, that you felt like there was an opportunity to have an impact and really sort of lead. And and, and what are some of the things that, that Pride at Darden is planning for the coming year? Um, what, what, what do you hope to accomplish in, in this year? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think it really falls in two buckets for us. Uh, the first is creating those connections between the first years and the second years. Um and that just means having more targeted events, I think, a lot earlier. So, again, just for context, our kind of pinnacle event is an event that happens in February. It's called Love is Love Week. Uh, we basically do a lot of programming to help both allies and those that identify understand what all of that means in kind of a workplace setting, uh, as well as a personal setting, um, but the focus is definitely on in the workplace. And it kind of culminates at the end of the week with a drag show that, uh, you know, everybody participates in and everybody gets really into as one of our most attended events at Darden. Um, and so in previous years, kind of what we have seen, or at least, you know, last year, uh, what we are or where we really see an opportunity is to have events kind of between our opener and that February week. And so uh, what we're planning right now is a series of dinners, drinks, anything that really just fosters community within um, for those that identify between the first year and second year class. Again, to you know, keep the community tight, but also just to make sure that the first years know that we are a resource. We're here um, both personally and professionally. So that's kind of the first bucket I would highlight. And then the second one is being more thoughtful about ally engagement because we have some of the most incredible allies at this school. Uh, and you'll see that if you kind of look around a, a classroom, uh, we have name tags and, you know, you know, 75%, 80% of people have stickers on their name tags. And the other 20%, I think, just don't know where the stickers are. Um, so, you know, we want to be a little bit more thoughtful going forward about how we engage with allies, kind of given a smaller budget, just 
smaller group size um, and see if there's more programming we can do with other clubs uh, just to kind of get our name out there and also be a resource for allies as well. Yeah, and also shout out to the drag show. It is not only the best (laughs) event that PAD puts on, um, but also the best event at Darden, period. You're speaking to the former host. Yeah, so I I emceed it last year. It was incredible. What was that like? Um, I mean, so I I had actually been to the drag show um, the year before last when I was admitted here for Admitted Students Weekend. Um, I, like, happened to meet the right second year at the time, and he brought uh, me and Chase to the drag show. Um, And so I sort of knew what to expect from that. And when I got here, I knew I wanted to be a part of it. Um, and luckily, you know, the president of PAD last year uh, asked me if I wanted to co-emcee it. And, I mean, the the energy is crazy. Um, you know, people get super into it. So we had eight contestants, um, a mix of first and second years, uh, men and women, so drag queens and drag kings. And, um, you know, everyone is so supportive. Um, you know, it, it's... It's the best experience here. <laughs> yeah, certainly. I mean, I've never been myself, uh, but I've heard a lot about it, and it's definitely one of those events that, that gets yeah. talked about quite a bit. Yeah. I, I do also want to talk about – so, you know, Lauren mentioned some of the events uh, that we're thinking about doing. Um, we also have a sort of career-related part of what we do, too. So, um, you know, leading up to – there's the Ramba conference, so reaching out MBA for LGBT um, you know, business school students and prospective students. Um, so that's coming up. That's next weekend now for us. By the time this comes out, it'll probably be past. Um, but, you know, we're working with our, um, you know, career person on uh, on our board and putting on, you know, just Q&A events leading up to it, sort of allaying any fears or concerns that our first years might have going to it for the first time. Um, you know, working with them on their resumes, on networking, on their pitch. Um, so we're involved in that as well as sort of the more social. Um, and then, you know, we, we also are going to be doing, especially in Love is Love Week, but also throughout the year, different panels, um, you know, co-sponsoring events with other clubs. Um, just sort of talking about an array of things, anything from, you know, coming out experiences to, um, you know, what it's like to be LGBT, you know, in a summer internship or, you know, to be out in the workplace. So all sorts of different things throughout the year that, that we have planned. That's great. Um, Ramba, I've only been sort of on the periphery mm-hmm. of it, but it seems like a, a tremendous you know, opportunity for, to go and travel, connect with all these employers. Um, you both participated in it? Yeah, we both went last year. Yeah. And I can say that that's kind of where a lot of the first years, at least in our class, really second years now, really connected, right? Because you're very much spread across your sections in the first year. And so it's really hard to kind of have that cross-pollination that happens later in the first year. And so we were lucky enough that Ramba happened so early that we had that kind of instantaneously, which I'm incredibly appreciative of. I think the other thing, uh, you know, yeah, you get to network with a lot of different employers, but you also get to network with a lot of different students from all different kinds of MBA programs all over the country. Uh, And it's an incredible experience to just, you know, make connections, but also just like find new friends. I mean, and it's just so easy because you're all living very similar experiences. Um, I have really appreciated 
getting coffee with just other students at other schools because um, sometimes they have incredible insights um, that are just like helpful, you know, as you get through this kind of, not tumultuous, but, you know, um, yeah, I guess tumultuous adjustment. Yeah. yeah, well, business school is, is not known for being easy. Yeah. You, know, you, got a lot, you got a lot going on, right? It's uh, academically challenging. You've got all this job stuff you're, you're processing. Life continues, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it must, it's must. it got to be nice to, to talk with folks and realize there's some universality to yeah. what you're experiencing. Or, 100%. Yeah. And, and, I mean, the cool thing about Ramba is you can sort of make it whatever you want it to be. So we had several of our classmates um, last year who got their internships at Ramba. So this is before any companies can come and interview on grounds. At certain diversity conferences, they can interview early. So a couple of our fellow classmates got their internships there. Um, But it can also be a time just to network with other students. It can be a time to network with companies. Um, It can really be anything you want. You can have it be more career-related. You can have it be more, you know, social-related. it's really what you want it to be. So we are on the eve of the diversity conference here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, for context, we're recording this on on Thursday. I, th- I think it's the third of October today. If I, if I looked at my calendar this morning, um, and there's a there's a reception this evening, um, and then a full full couple days of programming. Um, uh, is uh, Prada Darn involved in, in yeah. the diversity conference? Yep. So I'm on the the planning committee for the diversity conference, um, and it's an incredible group of people that have been working pretty much since we got on campus to make this a reality. Uh, And, you know, it is still in its infancy. I think this is only the second or third year that it's been done. So uh, huge shout out to Mark Palo, who is um, in the admissions office and and is running the the whole thing. Uh, He's done an incredible job kind of in tandem with some of the students um, to bring this programming. And it's three three or four days, kind of, um, you know, a mix of, classroom experiences, um, you know, Charlottesville experiences, and then also uh, kind of off-the-record student experiences, which I think gives folks a really uh, true picture of what it would be like to be a student here, which I think is invaluable. Yeah, Dan, are you doing anything? I am. So let's see. Tonight I am going to the opening welcome party and then uh, taking a small group of um, these students out to dinner. Um, and then let's see, tomorrow I am involved with Laylene. One of our professors is, uh, doing a little classroom experience on gender-based marketing. So I'll be involved in that. And then on Saturday, there's a sort of breakfast networking brunch brunch event, uh, that I'll be at too. So this is something, um, that, you know, I, I don't think was around when we were applying to Darden, um, and I wish it had been like, I, I think it's an incredible experience to be able to come here, interview, but also experience, you know, who your fellow classmates might be, um, and really see Darden's commitment to, um, you know, really fostering a diverse environment. Yeah, this is our second year having a, having a conference. We had done different things, um, you know, an open house, uh, maybe one day event, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Uh, but having a two day event and obviously, you know, having some resources behind facilitating, you know, people, people traveling to, mm-hmm. to Charlottesville. I mean, so, uh, lodging, uh, can be provided and, and different things like that. I, th- I think, um, that certainly helps get, get yeah. people here. 
Great swag, too, from an insider. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Some great swag. Yeah, yeah so um, I'm excited. Mark Powell is going to come on the podcast and talk a little bit more, so debrief the diversity conference. Awesome. So it's exciting awesome. exciting to hear from you all what, what's what's planned, and then I'll get to hear more about uh, about the week. Obviously, Laleen, somebody we've heard about a lot on the podcast. Haven't <laughs> gotten, haven't, She's incredible. Uh, I think everybody who's who took her deviant marketing class uh, <laughs> talked about it. Um, with, and, you know, and, and obviously somebody who was, I think she was one of the 40 under 40 poets and yeah. quants yeah. professors. Charles celebrity for sure uh, yes yes it helps to have such a distinctive name you can have you know, almost, yeah. like, almost like madonna you know so um so uh the other thing that i was really struck by um at last year's uh, diversity conference was just how far people came from the conference i was standing talking with somebody who came from la mm-hmm. so i took the bus from new york city which is mm-hmm. arduous to get you know <laughs> yeah. um there, there are other options but i mean i you know texas um, all other points between. I mean, people, you know, seem to be genuinely interested in coming and experiencing this event, and just getting a perspective on what Charlottesville's like. Which um, obviously we we appreciate in admissions. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, thinking back to my experience, one of the things that I, I really wanted to be sure of was, okay, if I go to X school. Am I going to be comfortable there? Is my partner going to be comfortable there? You know, is it a community I can see myself being a part of? So to be able to have this um, and, and get everyone together, I think, is, is an incredible step um, for Darden going forward. Yeah, we believe uh, very much in the power of, of visiting. So uh, learn to your earlier story about how much, I mean, obviously you came when you interviewed, mm-hmm. but just what those two days meant in terms of your understanding of the school, it sounds like it was a powerful thing for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, just the, you know, other places were just much more transactional, in and out. Um, and I, I also think the other thing was getting to meet, to Dan's point, the people that you're that are potentially going to be in the classroom with you is so important, especially with the case method, because a lot of your learning comes from other students, right? You're not just in a lecture. So the case method fosters a ton of community. And I think if that if those are the people that your learning is going to be based off of, it's so important to make sure that these are the individuals you want to be spending your time with. Um, and I think Darden does an incredible job especially through the interview process and, you know, huge shout out to the admissions committee of making sure that the people that are in your classrooms and the people that you're going to school with um, are just, you know, first of all, just incredibly smart, but also humble and, um, you know, good stewards of, of the community. Yeah, always stress that from an admissions committee standpoint, people, this is, I've been doing a lot of phone conversations lately, <laughs> and people always ask, like, you know, what really matters or what are you looking for? And I think for us, um, it all comes back to that classroom experience. You know, we were thinking about perspective you're going to bring, you know, obviously what kind of teammate you would be. You know, it's this interesting mix of like you have to be willing to speak up, um, but you also have to be willing to do a lot of listening to and acknowledge that you don't know everything. Yeah. And I mean, that was also to one of your earlier questions, a big reason why I chose Darden, uh, because in one of my feedbacks at work, I got a, a piece of or an opportunity or a development opportunity if you will (laughs) that was you know you're a little bit quiet in meetings you know sometimes we we kind of want to hear what you're thinking or you know what your opinion is on certain things and that was a little bit hard to hear because I was like I I had always felt like I was just playing a role Um, and so coming to Darden when I was at one of our admitted students weekends I talked to Kim Whitler and I was like this is kind of what I'm struggling with and she's like well then you have to come here like, the, you will go through this experience and you have zero 
problem, speaking up and giving your opinion. In fact, you always have one. And I think that's the great part of the case method that I really didn't even pick up on until kind of now in a more retrospective view of it is that, you know, I was uh, over the summer, I wouldn't even be asked for my opinion and I would give it and it would, it would be appreciated. And so that's something that I never would have done in my previous role. And so that was another big one for me for Darden was like, I know this is something I have to work on. And I know that if I sit in a lecture based like school, I'm not going to, I'm not going to flex that muscle. I'm not going to grow it. And so this just felt like a really great opportunity to get better at that thing. Yeah, I said, I was listening to some alumni talk about sort of this thing where one of the things they were saying is like MBAs are great about giving you 14 different options. But at the <laughs> end of the day, like when you say what should happen here, it's sort of like, uh, and like a lot of sort of scurrying around mm-hmm. and like maybe these three or four different things. And I'm not sure you get off the hook that easy at, at Darden, For right? Sure um, not. <laughs> at class, in class, you're asked like, "What what should we do?" Right? Yeah. I mean, like I had the exact same experience as you. Like, the thought of the case method was really appealing, but also terrifying for me. Like, sitting in class and getting cold called is one of the most terrifying experiences <laughs> you can have. Um, but at the same time, that's exactly why I had to come. Like I, I needed to um, put myself out there and work on the things that I needed to work on. Um, I didn't necessarily need to go sit in a lecture hall and, you know, pick up on that. Um, but to actually have that sort of lived experience um, is what I knew I needed going forward. It seems to me like a much more holistic way of learning in that you get, you know, you're learning technical stuff, yeah. but you're also getting a chance to develop other other things along mm-hmm. the way. Yeah. So we always wrap up these podcast conversations with current students in, 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 by asking for a piece of advice. Um, y'all are, you know, sort of on the path to graduation here. Um, you've gone through the application process. You've been through your first year. Now embarking on your second year. Um, you know, and it can be a lot of different things. It can be, you know, you know, in the application process, a tip for somebody. Um, you know, as you adjust to business school, a tip or just one thing you wish you would know would have known. So. Um, Lauren, any any words of wisdom for our, for our listeners out there? Yeah, I don't know if it's anything incredibly novel, um, but I really do feel like as you're going through the admissions process, uh, you know, you hear this a lot from people, and it's and it's not just aligned. But I I really do feel like if you show the committee who you are and you're incredibly genuine, I think one thing that I did during my admissions process that I wish I had not done is I felt like there was a formula, right? You read all these things online and, um, you know, you talk to other people that, you know, maybe some things worked for them. And so you try to fit yourself to these, this different formula um, and check different boxes. And I genuinely feel that that is just not the right way to go about it because that will come out in an interview and, you know, our admissions committee is incredible, they will know when you're not being genuine. And so if I were to do this all over again, I would just have like broad stroke approach it with, this is who I am, right? If I don't get in for X or Y reason, then then that's a fit question. And I'm okay with that, rather than spending so much time trying to fit myself in certain boxes because it worked for somebody, you know, six months ago or nine months ago or or whatever. And so, um, again, not anything you know, wildly novel, but one thing that I would probably do a little bit differently if I were to go back. 
Yeah, it's it's a great point, and I think it, it's worth repeating. You know, we we encourage people to be authentic and genuine. I think sometimes that feels a little vague to folks. It's like, okay, but you can see it's a lot of smaller decisions you make mm-hmm. along the way. We we feel that um, in particular that people are struggling with that. Start asking questions about essay responses, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, this leadership question. What are you What are you looking for? Like, uh, what's a really good way that people <laughs> approach this? And you're like, well, you know, there's not a formula. You should yeah. think about what you want to share yeah. and what what means something to you. Like, this is your chance to introduce yourself to our committee. We're going to read this, and we want to come away with a sense of like, I'm starting to get an idea who this person is. I'm so intrigued that I want to invite this person to, to have a conversation. Yeah, right. and on the surface, it it seems so hard. You're right to your point. It's like, how do I how do I do that? But when you kind of just let go of all of you know, the stress and the pressure and you're just kind of like, I'm just going to answer this question. It's actually so much easier. And when I was thinking through my essays, I, when I sat down, like my answers didn't come to me when I was sitting at a desk, like writing. It came when I was like in the shower or when I was on the tee. Like it just will come to you as you're kind of thinking through it and mulling it over. And I actually found it to be a lot easier when I just kind of dropped all of the other stuff and just said, okay, well, if someone, if this was a conversation, how would I answer it truthfully and yeah. genuinely? And it actually becomes a lot easier when you break all those other frameworks that you probably have. It, it, it's funny because like when you're in that situation and you know, you're trying to think of, okay, what do they want to hear? And you come up with an answer and it's like, oh, I can slip this by them. Like whether or not it's <laughs> genuine, but like, I, I know this will work. But on the other side, it's so painfully obvious when something is actually from the heart um, or, or, you know, just a a truth for someone um, compared to, you know, I crafted this story to exactly fit uh, whatever question was asked. So, Dan, any any advice that you'd share? Yeah, so I think mine is sort of around finding the right culture uh, and fit for you. Um, So, you know, we want people at Darden who really want to be here and be a part of the Charlottesville community. Um, so, you know, I, I would really encourage, you know, everyone applying to schools or thinking about applying to schools to do your due diligence. And, you know, if you can go visit the place, go and do that. Um, if you can't visit, go, you know, find uh, names online, find current students, reach out and have those conversations and really get a, a feel for, you know, the types of people who are at the school and the opportunities that come from that um, and what the community is like. Um, so, you know, I've talked to plenty of prospective students, you know, I'm very open to talking to people, um, and, and be completely honest. Um, there's good things, there's bad things. Um, but, but I think that really helps, um, you know, the applicants trying to, you know, find the perfect place for them. Um, and also for Darden to, you know, really have the, the community we're looking to have. Yeah, and just to that point, uh, all of our contact information is on the website under the Pride at Darden kind of subheader, if you will. And I, you know, I'll, I'll speak for everybody on the board because I know it's true. Everybody's more than willing to um, jump on the phone and talk to prospective students. You can cold call us; we don't we don't mind. Uh, maybe cold email us. Yeah. <laughs> cold email us. Uh, you know, everybody's more than willing to answer any questions that folks have. Well, Lauren. Dan, thank you so much for taking your time. I should note, uh, waking up early. We record this <laughs> 8 a.m. 8 a.m. So, um, you know, obviously, I know you both have a lot going on. Obviously, we're on the on the 
doorstep of a very busy weekend for both of you. Um, it's been a real pleasure talking with you. Thank you for all your insights and uh, good luck in the year ahead. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Thanks you so Jeff much for having us. And that was my conversation with Lauren Habig and Dan Tempest, two second year students in our class of 2020 and two leaders of our Pride at Darden student organization. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. And until next time, thanks for listening.